Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. The latest Biden flub-ups. This one is a fairly long clip, about a minute long, a little over a minute, uh, with him being interviewed apparently on an MSNBC exclusive. He's wandering through, I don't know if it's the White House or wherever it is, but they're outdoors, uh, they're wearing suits, there's a young gentleman who's interviewing him from MSNBC, and he asks him a question. Is this uh, better than the one where he was like, my brain's super sharp. I'm on top of fly. things or whatever he said. You, you remember, uh, you mean when he said, watch me. Yeah, that's, that one? yeah, that was it. He brings that one back Oh, good. Uh, in this one. It's just a, it's a quicker aspect of this, but you'll hear the watch me thing again here in a moment. Um, and so the question is about, you know, can you hold Are you holding this together? Are you able to express yourself? Are you getting too old for this, basically? And so here's what Biden has to say. So let's say Trump doesn't run again. Convince on Gloria that she should stick with you. Well, I think Aunt Gloria should take a look. I, I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think that's totally legitimate. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to, uh, to you know, watch me. You know? <laughs> I was like, he's not going to say, is to watch me, is it? <laughs> it's what he said. It's off to such a bad start already, man. I mean, he's got a good point. You know, it's it's a fair criticism to be concerned about anyone's age mm-hmm. when they're trying to, you know, become the most powerful person in the world. <laughs> I had to wonder during this clip, it's coming from Breaking 911, which tends to be pretty hard news. Like, they're not a parody channel or anything like that from what I've seen. They uh, So I don't think it's been edited, but the constant crickets in the background did make me wonder if somebody had dubbed in some crickets. Because, you know, like the joke normally with crickets is it means somebody isn't thinking, right? The, yeah. the, there's nothing there, basically. Well, they just, are outside in the video. They are outside, right? So, like, there could have been real crickets here. I just kind of thought... That's what I was thinking about as I first listened to this. I'm like, wow, there really are persistent crickets here. To, you know, watch me. You know, am I slowing up? Am I don't have the same pace? As her? You know, uh, and that old joke, you know, uh, um, everybody talks about the... You know, the new 70s, 50s, all that stuff. Good Lord, this is painful. You you know that joke, right? No. (laughs) Me neither. I I know what he's trying to say, but he said it so badly. It's like when somebody turns 30 and they're like, I'm 30, flirty, and thriving. 30s are the new 20s. Now, in terms of my energy level, in terms of how much I'm able to do, I think people should look and say, does he still have the same passion for what he's doing and if they think i do and i can do it then that's fine if they don't then they should vote against me not against me should encourage me not to go but that's not how i feel i can't even say the age i'm gonna be i can't even get it up he's grabbing the reporter at this point both shoulders getting up in his face saying I can't even say the age he, I'm going to be. He's physically grabbing the guy who asked I mean, him this question? Yeah, he, he turns and he, well, he's, he's been facing him the whole time. Now he closes now he's the gap five and he puts his hands away from his face. That's creepy. You can't just go up and touch people, dude. Sure you can. I mean, he's the president. He can do anything he wants to do. He sniffs whoever you he wants. You shouldn't just go up <laughs> and start touching people. That's weird. It was a, it was a friendly interview. I mean, the, the reporter took that part well. That's the that's the least. Because what else are they going to do? What what else are they going to do? Be like, yeah. get off me, Don't old touch man. Me. 
They, Don't I mean, sniff they, me. They should have. You can't have this weird old creepy dude what grabbing sh- you and smelling your children. Assassinated if he, you know, goes against what the president's doing. What what should we'll probably lose his job? But what should happen? I forgot it's not Clinton. Is somebody should tell this guy. Joe, I don't understand a word that just came out of your mouth. <laughs> Rather than just patronizing him, right? Like, if you're surrounded by a bunch of yes men, which is what this reporter at least acts in this minute 15 long, which we're done with now, by the, by the way, this clip. You're surrounded by yes men. They are not going to tell you when you're making a mistake. They're going to let you believe that you're on the right track because they don't want you to be upset about them they don't want they don't want to be the bad guy they don't want to come in and say and tell the president or the ceo or whatever we're talking about here that hey dude this is not the best thing that you just made a huge error you have designed a poor product or you have said something that doesn't make any sense whatever the thing is so that's one of the problems here i'm not saying that would make him any more on the ball or whatever but it but it would at least alert him to the fact that he is not connecting with his audience, presumably. I mean, how who can watch this and say, I'm ready for six more years of this, right? Because we're only through the first, what is it, two years now at this point? Mm-hmm. Not, not even through two years. I mean, even even Democrats and people who will vote for him don't like him. You know, that's one of the reasons that the anti-Joe Biden memes have failed so badly. It's like, well, yeah, dude, even the Democrats don't like this guy. They voted for him because he was a Democrat. Trump. Bonnie, you had a story tonight that you wanted to share about a, a, apparently a teacher who was allowing not her student, but a person under the age of 18, to stay in her home. Allegedly. It's not been proven yet, but that's oh, what it okay. seems like has happened. She's there being was accused a, of this. There was a, a person who was 15 years old, and he lived in Rancho Cordova, California, and he went missing on in June 2020 because um, of what he said was an argument with his parents. And he showed up March 2022 back home and wouldn't tell them where he was or anything, but he came oh. back home. And so that was back in March. Now, a couple days ago or yesterday, this lady, um, Holga, I'm not sure if you pronounce that, Olga or Holga with an H, Castillo Oliveras um, got arrested. She's a teacher in Sacramento. She wasn't his teacher, but she got arrested because um, it says she's she's arrested in connection to the disappearance of Michael Ramirez. That's the boy who disappeared. Was she his teacher at any point? I mean, no, she's a second grade teacher in a different town. Mm, Okay. And um, it says, according to KCRA TV, citing family members, Michael was staying with a former friend during that time. So maybe him and the friend got in a fight. So that's why he ended up back at his house. Oliveras was the mother of his friend. Okay. So he, okay. He was staying with his friend and his friend had a mother who just happened to be a teacher. Apparently. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. And now she has been arrested and, um. What the hell for? She's being charged with. Detention of a minor with the intent to conceal from a parent and contributing wow. to the delinquency of a minor. A 15-year-old who is capable of finding another place to live mm-hmm. and po- it seems like happily living there for two years. Then he got in a fight with his friend, went back home. Now this woman needs to go to jail. And he's now 18. He's 18 now. 
So I want to know how this lady's name came up. If he went back to his parents' house and didn't spill the beans on her. Yeah, he wouldn't have to tell them anything, right? I mean, they may have been like, well, you have to tell us where you've been or we're not letting you come home or whatever. My question would just be, even if this 15-year-old made a decision to run away and wasn't doing anything productive with, with his life and living at this woman's house with her permission... Does that mean this woman needs to be charged with multiple, like, serious crimes? I don't really think so. Like, why can't this person just make the decision to not go to school? I mean, I think they should be able to make the decision to not go to school, but I don't think that was the, that, I don't think that's the decision they made that is really questionable here. It, it does seem like this person, age is just a number, and I'm going to throw that in both directions and say that just because this kid was 16, mm-hmm doesn't necessarily mean he was mature enough to make a decision about, you know, I I need to run away from home and I need to hide out in a bunker for the next two years or whatever, right? He he may not necessarily be mature enough to make these decisions like, you know, it's time for me to drop out of school and move into the next phase of my life. Well, we don't know that he wasn't doing something else productive. We don't know that he wasn't like selling drugs and making a bunch of money and giving her rent. We, We don't really know. So it's just like... I ju- I'm just saying even worst case scenario, he was just acting like he lived in a bunker, hiding from everyone and not doing anything. Does that does that mean that this woman deserves, you know, punishment for just allowing him to not be at his parents house? Absolutely not. I uh, mean, he's not five because then I could totally understand just the act of allowing him to hide from his parents should be well, criminal. Right. I, really, it should come down to what the young man has to say, like. Is he being yeah. held against his will? Did she have him tied up in the basement and was you know not allowing him to leave? I mean, if that's the case, then we would see more severe charges of you know torture or kidnapping or child abuse or or whatever, and that hasn't happened. So clearly, he was there at his discretion. He was able, presumably, to leave whenever he wanted to leave. Well, he left, so presumably, right. right. So you know, he's so this you know again brings up the question of. Aria, you're not wrong to suggest that teenagers are generally not as well versed in street smarts or being able to take care of themselves and all that. But there are exceptions uh, yeah. to, to that rule. It wasn't her student that she was hiding. It was a, her son's friend who had run away from home and he went to his friend's house and apparently was allowed to stay there for two full years he's now apparently 17 some reports are not reporting on his name uh, but most of them are it was just the uh, san francisco gate that was withholding his name the- yeah, and people magazine said he was now 18 another magazine said he was now 17 so okay it says here his date of birth is august 14th of 2004 the new york post put the whole missing persons report in here including his photo and everything uh, but holga castillo olivares has been charged with detention of a minor with intent to conceal from a parent and the one thing we didn't know about that when you were first reading the story bonnie is that is a felony charge so i i can see why it would be yeah, no, I I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, I think it's going to depend a lot on the circumstances of mm-hmm. the child wanting to be hidden from their parents, or yeah, you know, if the child didn't want to be hidden from their parents, then we're dealing with kidnapping at that point, and that's an entirely totally different, different set of and, things. But and if we're talking about a five-year-old instead of a fifteen-year-old, I can understand it more. But this is really the the problem with the law, it, just in general, is that it creates this one-size-fits-all solution that that 
isn't even appropriate in half of all conceivable circumstances, much Mm -hmm. less some of these rarer niche ones like this, where you have this 15-year-old who had a fight with his parents, and we don't know anything beyond that. Nope. And who, but apparently it was bad enough to the child that he ran, or to the to the kid, to the boy that he ran the away. Young man, he's a young man. Yeah. He's, uh, the uh, there was another statement in one of these other stories. I don't have it in front of me, but the quote was, "He thought the grass was greener on the other side." I don't know if it was a parent or something who said that, uh, but it, apparently it was because he stayed there for two years. I mean, if it was so much worse, if it was worse at Miss Olivares' house, he assuredly would have left and gone somewhere or gone back home or whatever. But Well, he's got experience better. leaving places that he doesn't like. Yeah. So, I mean... And look, the odds that this would be a five-year-old doing something like this are much lower, right? Like, if a, if a small child says, I'm running away, and then, like, storms out the door, they're probably going to be back within 20 minutes, right? Like, it's yeah. not they're not going to be, they don't have the resources, they don't... But I can uh, see the charge being charged with someone who just, like, grabbed a five-year-old from Walmart. That would be kidnapping, though, right? So if we're dealing with the forcible taking of a child, that's kidnapping. Hopefully, she'll go to court... Unless the story behind the scenes is that this kid was like going away from his parents' house because they asked him to wash the dishes, right? Like if they asked him to do something that's not egregious child abuse or something like that, and they're not going to want to call this kid to the stand and he's going to say, oh, yeah, the reason I left was because they asked me to take the trash out and I didn't want to. You know, that's not going to look good, right? Like if that's the reason this woman was giving him a place to stay for two years. But if the reason was, yeah, my stepdad beats me every single night and, uh, you know, threatens me, etc., whatever, uh, then that probably could sway a jury that could you know allow for a jury nullification in the, in that particular case yeah like one thing i was wondering is like is the kid gay he went and lived with his friend mm-hmm. it, it sounded like i said a male friend maybe he was allowed to he was like i'm just gonna go live with my boyfriend yeah it could be he may, may have had a very repressive christian household and felt like he didn't have the freedom to express him we don't know we're, we're totally yeah, completely speculating. just speculating i'm just, I'm just thinking of it really any, would, any case would really i think hinge on his rationale for leaving was he truly in an abusive place where he was not free to be himself and that's why he escaped or was it some petty little teenager thing well two years is a long time for it to be some petty little teenager thing right you would expect the kid maybe a week at the Mm -hmm. most of staying with his friend before he was like i'm ready to go home now well plus the cops apparently put some effort into looking for him and were unable to find this young man. See now, that's where everything went wrong. You don't want to do that. And an adult would have known that. One an adult wouldn't have been, you know, violating any truancy laws or anything mm-hmm. like that to just go into hiding. Especially if she's a teacher, she should know about things like that. Like I'm sure California is serious about it. I know in Texas there's like laws mm-hmm. where you you can go to jail if your kids aren't attending school for unexcused reasons Mm -hmm. yeah yeah those laws exist in every state Hmm. and i mean she was the the legal adult in the room when she started seeing you know missing child posters i mean what 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 did she think was going to happen here yeah i don't know Uh, i mean she got away with it for two years until he finally went home so really you know he must have rolled on her maybe yeah i was gonna say maybe she was being like the cool mom and she's just thinking to herself he's 15 he'll be 18 in less than two years because he's 18 now and because he he turned 17 like i mean 16 like a couple months in Mm -hmm. maybe she's just thinking he's just gonna basically grow up and this will all be over and nothing bad will happen that's the way it should have been 
Except the child was missing for two years. I keep saying child because they, they say child. The teenager was missing for two years. Mm-hmm. And she should have known that's not the way to handle it. In a situation in which there is abuse going on in a family, the abuse victim, the child, or in this case, the teenager, doesn't have a whole lot of legal options. Right? That's because the... Western society refuses to recognize the rights of people who are under the age of 18. Exactly. They're told they have rights all their all their lives, mm-hmm. but no. They turn 18 and then magically suddenly they they are quote granted all of these rights they've been denied their entire life, like the right to autonomy, the right to choose where they live, what they what they can do during the day, whether or not they have to go to this stupid institution called school. They yeah. have all of these restrictions on them and it's screwed up. Yeah, it really is, uh, and it's something that had you know concerned me when I was younger as well. Luckily, my parents were pretty decent. They were relatively hands-off. I wasn't really asked a lot of the time where I was going or, or what I was doing. They didn't really get into my business very much, so I was grateful uh, to have parents that were like that. But you know, some uh, people growing up have very controlling parents who want to know everything about their lives and, and what they're doing. And, and worse than controlling parents, abusive parents who actually would possibly harm uh, the young person. And what does a person in that situation do? In some states, there's something called emancipation, where you can petition a court and convince a judge uh, to allow you to leave legally before you turn 18. And even then they can tell you no. They could tell you no. Uh, that's that's true. But at least it's something. Not all states have emancipation. I don't know really? which, which ones okay. do and which ones don't. I, I don't think New Hampshire had it for a long time, but I believe they have a form of it now. And I think that went into play sometime in the last decade. Uh, so, you know, whether or not that's available locally is another question, but either way, it's still up to a judge in that case. So, and it seems like a judge would be not necessarily inclined to grant someone who's 16 or 17 the right to make their own decisions. It depends. Uh, now to the credit of the emancipation programs, they do require the young person to prove their maturity to some extent. It's like, Oh, well, do you have a job? Uh, if you got a job, then that's a check in your in your column, right? And what, like what if you just have no way to get a job because your parents suck? They won't get you they won't a car. They, they won't, won't let you, let you leave your house. Right? I mean, yeah. there's just lots of things that get in the way. I don't feel like the emancipation process is easy enough. Right. And, of course, then the reason for, well, why do you want to leave? If it's just some petty little disagreement, that's probably not going to win you any points. But if it is an abusive situation, then that would be another you know reason. But I agree with you, uh, Bonnie. It's certainly not a, a, you know, a good system, but it is something. If it's a crime, and it is a serious crime, to, to do this, to help a young person out of a bad situation, then you're likely to end up with the most unscrupulous, undesirable type of adult, right? Because if, if reasonable people would otherwise help this young man, but they know they could be charged criminally for it, they will. They might just say, hey, look, uh, sorry, Joe, uh, we're not going to, we we like you, you're our son's friend, you know, maybe you can crash on the couch for a night, but you got to go home after that, we, we can't, we can't take you in, that's just, we, we can't do it, it's too risky, we, we don't want to get arrested. So who's going to take somebody like that in, in a lot of cases? Pimps. Right. People who don't want 
who don't care about what the law says. People, you know, drug addicts, uh, people who have no awareness of what is going on. They don't know what the charges could be, and they don't care because they're too high. You know, you, you just pay them in pills or whatever, and they'll let you stay there. So that's where runaways are likely to end up. It's not because runaways are naturally going to find pimps. It's because the state actually encourages that by making it impossible for a young person to break up with their parents in some sort of legitimate fashion. That's why these, these things happen. I don't know what the age should be for a for a person to say, hey, look, uh, mom, dad, you suck, and I, I'm mm-hmm. leaving. But 18 certainly seems too high in the majority of cases. Yeah. I just feel like uh, there is... There's... The law doesn't help in any way, even if somebody makes a bad decision. Even if a 15-year-old is not mature enough and is going to mess up their lives, why is messing up everyone involved's life going to make that situation better? Why not just let them go figure it out? And if it ends up being a situation where they really messed up, maybe they can make it up with their parents. If not, they learn something. Unless they're being held against their will because the only place they found that they could stay was with a pimp who decided that he was going to you know, own that person at that point. They could just generally just go home if it's, if it's not working out, wherever it is they ended up. That so would be tragic. ideal. And, you know, it's, it's sad that there wasn't a peaceful resolution to this. It's sad that the well, police got involved. Well, there wasn't until the cops arrested this lady. He came home on his own volition. Let's go to Dodger. He's on the line in Michigan. Dodger, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, my, my emancipation story isn't about <laughs> uh, really a whole lot. I am somebody that uh, did emancipate myself at the age of 16. Okay. Uh, there was nothing really terribly wrong with my home life. I just, uh, it just, I don't know. I, I was ready for bigger, better things. Um, it didn't help that uh, I had a girl pregnant shortly after uh, my 16th birthday. Uh, but, I mean, I was just, I, uh, I guess, more mature. And I guess uh, my mom and my stepdad had already had the conversation long before. And it was just like when the time came. And I'm like, hey, what conversation? I'm sorry. You said they had already had the conversation which well, well, uh, that, that, that I wasn't going to wait till after I turned 18 to move out of the house. Okay. <laughs> that I was going to be uh, the conversation that I was going to emancipate myself. So they saw this and, coming, and they saw it coming not because they were abusive to you, but because they acknowledged that you are you were mature for your age. Uh, yes, uh, okay. essentially that's what it comes down to. Um, we tried to keep the state out of it, but, uh, because I was still going to school for me to get the, uh, passes, I guess you could say to my work permit that allowed me to, uh, work as much as I needed to. I had to actually go through the legal process Mm -hmm. of going to family court with my mom. Uh, in your case though, your parents did not object to your emancipation. You had their support. Oh no. I wouldn't say support. You know, my my mom cried the day I moved out. I mean, uh, I mean, it wasn't. They would have done that anyway, though. My mom cried when I moved out at (laughs) twenty-two. So it wasn't like you were going to not talk to them again or never see them. Oh no! Shoot, uh, my uh, uh, my boss at the one place I worked was my first roommate, a big lesbian. Uh, She was awesome. We ended up hiring our mom to come clean our apartment uh, (laughs) once every couple weeks. 
So, All right, I mean, so that's an unusual story. I mean, did you get any kind of uh, sense when you were working through the emancipation system as to what other cases were like? Did you feel like your case was unusual in that most cases that are emancipation are young people trying to leave negative households and you know dangerous oh, places? Oh, definitely. When, when you're 16, everything is negative, man. I mean, uh, you know, having a curfew was a negative thing, and it was like, oh, I shouldn't have a curfew. No, that's not what you I'm know. talking about. I'm talking about re- like repressive households, violent households. Uh, did you did you ever yeah. encounter any of the other people that were in the the, the court system, or were you pretty isolated uh, from it, that? No, absolutely. Uh, you know, the kind of the the people that unfortunately at the time I spent my time with were in a lot of those situations. I think the school of thought is uh, after the age of 16, you could drop out of school anyway. So mm. um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what the school of thought was, but if I lived at, under my mom's roof where uh, it took me, the only reason that we went through the legal channels, I had to call my mom one day and say, hey, unless I have this uh, magic piece of paper from a court i'm still only limited to 18 hours a week i'm allowed to work i mean <laughs> how am i supposed to pay rent and, and bills with that so emancipating and yourself the, did get it to where you could work more hours yes yeah uh, it lifted that that restriction as, oh, okay. as far as the number of hours i could work as many hours as i wanted to and, did um, you say what you know, state this was michigan, michigan. did you and, have uh, to this, continue this going to school afterward i'm sorry did you have to continue going to school afterward I didn't have to. Uh, actually, I, I ended up dropping out, and uh, nice. I took took a bunch of work study classes and just passed all my final stuff, and still graduated at the same time as I normally would have. I just uh, I didn't have to go to class every day. How old are you now, out. Dodger? If you don't mind, uh, I'm about to turn forty. Okay, so now you know it's been two decades, uh, a little more than that, since this happened. Looking back on it, do you feel like it was the right choice? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I I manned up in in ways that a lot of uh, and and I, I'm sorry that that probably sounds really. It, it forced me to uh, take on the responsibility that. There's no better way to, to you know, it. become more mature than to take on responsibility. I mean, I absolutely agree. Man up is the right term for that yep. in your case. Well, and, and, you know, I, I didn't learn how to swim by just kind of sort of walking from the shallow into... No, I learned how to swim by being pushed into the <laughs> deep water, and I, I learned to swim pretty quickly. We're going to get into Elon Musk. He is, according to a story you have here, Arya, is he a psychopath? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the odds are good. And apparently there have been studies that have been done, and maybe your story makes makes reference of this, but there have been studies done that show that psychopaths are attracted to, we know, political positions, right? Like oh, yeah, absolutely. Politicians are definitely like sociopathic or psychopathic, but also CEOs tend to be psychopaths more than a lot of other jobs in the world so and given how much of you know elon musk and tesla's money has come directly from government mm-hmm. i'm willing to say that at this point he's effectively as much a politician as he is a ceo it's a good point and but yes the headline here does refer to that it says elon musk is psychopathic and manipulative it's how he achieved great things oh where is this from by the way this is coming from the uh the daily star okay 
tech billionaire Elon Musk has been branded psychopathic due to having no empathy by a leading psychologist. I, I don't know how you can yeah, assess not that. As, to not know someone and know that they have no empathy? Yeah, I don't think it's fair to just go on somebody's Twitter posts or whatever. I mean, I don't know what they looked at here, but... Well, even if you know them, like, if they say they have empathy, you have no way of proving they don't. Mm. And there's nothing... I, I sincerely doubt you're going to find any psychopath out there. Maybe one in every 1,000 psychopaths will say, yes, I, I feel no empathy whatsoever. I I suspect the majority of psychopaths convince themselves that they do feel some sort of empathy for other human beings. hmm. Well, isn't one of the differences, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but isn't one of the differences with psychopathy that the psychopath can pretend that they have empathy, whereas the sociopath Sociopath doesn't doesn't care care. if you think that they don't? But what's what's the difference between having empathy and pretending as though you have empathy if the result is going to be the same? If the result is going to be that you bend down to help the person who fell on the sidewalk stand back up, then what does it matter if you were only pretending to care? Well, in, in that case, then the argument would be the psychopath is a better person than the sociopath. So initially, in the first part of the Russia invasion into Ukraine, Elon Musk made headlines by providing free Starlink hardware to Ukrainian people and also the Ukrainian military. So he did that. He did some bad things with some good then. Right. Then later... Recently, like within the last month or so, he announced that, okay. After advocating for peace talks. After advocating for peace talks and a Ukrainian official told him to F off. Then Elon Musk said, well, if you want me to F off, I'll I'll just F off and turn off Starlink. See ya. And from all of Ukraine? From the Ukrainian military. And so then he reneged on that and he said that he was going to continue providing the service after going to the Pentagon and saying, hey, look, you're getting all this service for free. Why don't you start paying me for it? And so he after doing that, then decided he was going to continue to provide uh, the service. Kim.com kind of raked him over the coals for it. And Elon Musk did actually respond to Kim.com's tweets about that. So, you know, maybe he hasn't made up his mind on this one yet, but as of right now, he is still providing, as I understand it, the uh, Ukrainian military with Starlink service. I, I don't know if you recall it, but I just would like some clarification. Did he expect that having provided Starlink to the people of Ukraine and the Ukrainian military, did he expect that because of that, the politicians would take his proposals more seriously? I have no idea. Because that's effectively a bribe. Or did he just say, okay, or was he just upset because he had done them a favor and they were like, look, uh, we, we don't want to hear your opinions at all. Yeah, they spat in his face. Right. Those After are two very different them, things. He literally gave them billions of dollars worth of, you know, internet service for free. Musk also took to the social media site Twitter to claim he supports notorious rapper Kanye Yee, or Yee, it's Yee. Yee. That's so stupid. <laughs> West, despite his recent barrage of anti-Semitic comments, what well, I don't know that he was really anti-Semitic. He was a stupid, right? Well, there have been interviews of his since that time where oh. he has basically just straight up said, "Yeah, it was racist." Well, see, I don't watch interviews with Kanye West. I generally don't, but I came across <laughs> one of them, and yeah, he was basically it was the who was the guy who was Piers Morgan? I think was interviewing him. 
Kanye West is a CEO, right? He's the CEO of whatever company. I, do you know what it's called? Yeezy Industries or something like that, Bonnie? I know that you, you follow uh, some of what Kanye West does. I mean, he has his own fashion line. Oh, hold on. So Yeezy. he's Yay, but yes. the company isn't Yeezy? No, it's Yeezy because like rappers, <laughs> they make their names like Lil Wayne is Wheezy. There's other ones that are bl- what, what, whatever easy. His name is Yay, mm. so his easy nickname is Yeezy. I don't it know why make it any is. Sense, Bonnie. <laughs> I don't know why it is. It's just a it thing that rappers yay do. Easy at, at most, right? I mean, I mean at but it's worst. just they just take one letter and make it easy. Okay. So okay. little Wayne. <laughs> it's just a coincidence Wheezy. that. Yeah, it's just a coincidence that. And it has a Y E in front yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And why it wasn't Keezy this whole time? I don't know because he was Kanye the whole time that he was Yeezy. It, I don't really know. Okay. I'm getting kind of a headache. <laughs> I did find the clip here that I was referring to earlier with uh, Piers Morgan interviewing Kanye West. This apparently is a lengthy interview. When I was looking for it, I found what is apparently like an hour plus long, uh, like an hour and forty minute long. Interview. It's really fascinating. I'm looking forward to going home tonight and you know watching this because it's. Kanye West, I, I think he's probably an idiot. He's a successful businessman, certainly. A terrible musician, from what I can gather. But Uh-oh. Kanye West is down. a god, and he's a genius. He's, and I he's don't such think a he's bad an idiot. musician. He had to crowdfund his last album and now can't afford to produce another. That's what? because his stupid publicity stuff is just so bad. Like, all of his music is so good. All of his music that's come out, even the ones that nobody wants to listen to, are good. Okay, I, I'll, I'll give just, you that. I'm more on Arya's side on this one. I mean, I like even though, a lot of, like what songs do you even know by him? Gold Digger. <laughs> Gold Digger is an amazing song. It's not even one of his best. It was a catchy one. Uh, it's certainly not amazing, but it, it was certainly catchy. It did its job, right? It, it did yeah, what the song was supposed songs. to do. But uh, I'll give it to you. He's a failed musician. It would be How can a you more say accurate. that. He's a tremendously successful. He's musician. a failed Rich. musician. He's a successful business person, all these other things. But the the hallmark of a successful musician is being able to sell enough music that you can produce more music. Doesn't he I, feel... I don't know. I think that you can be a one-hit wonder and then quit. And if your song was good, you're not a failed musician. Wait a minute. Doesn't he still uh, like sell out stadiums? Yeah. Like, Aren't there a huge number of people who will go to see this man, quote-unquote, perform? Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Before they broke up, Blink-182, they would not have filled a stadium. They they probably wouldn't have gotten 5,000 people into a stadium to watch them perform. But now, you know, they haven't performed in 
10 or 15 years mm-hmm. or whatever. It's this, oh, guys, we're going to tour, and they're selling out stadiums sure. and Absence stuff. So. makes the heart grow fond. Well, exactly. Kanye's There's never a, stopped selling out stadiums. He hasn't done a regular tour in six years. Six years. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying that it's, it's like not tool. like he was failing back then. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can't take it away from somebody, right? Like, I mean, if you've had success, then... If you if you kind of peter out over time, I don't know if that's a failed musician. You just you're just not popular anymore, right? Like that's well, is what that about a MC Hammer? Right? He was one of the, he's the classic. Not, not he MC spent Hammer. all his money. That's the problem with I, MC Hammer. I guess Hammer. I did mean MC Hammer, but uh, the one I was actually thinking of was Vanilla, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice, the one hit wonder who failed as a musician, made a tremendously popular song, yeah, but blew all his money and didn't have anything else. Well, mm-hmm. I guess he more failed as a business person than as a musician mm-hmm. because but he think- made a bunch of silly decisions with his money like MC Hammer did. But there's something to be said about songs being famous because they're funny and being actually, like, good. Like, I don't think most people would just listen to that song if it was a serious... What, Vanilla Ice? What, his, his Ice liked... Ice Baby song? Yeah, that's one it's of them. It's just silly and dumb. It's not... And, and like, and Baby Got Back, popular. is that him? People no, didn't think it was dumb back oh, in yeah. the early 90s, though, or no, whenever was it was. He was. But th- did they think it was serious and they were taking it seriously? I thought it was like a joke. No, it was a real, like, rap song. Like, he was a oh. real serious white rapper. Uh, oh. Before Eminem, there was Ice, you know, Vanilla Ice. Let, I'm going to give this clip here from uh, Kanye West being interviewed by Piers Morgan. I need to go on if I say to specify the business people that have raped my people that just so happen to be Jewish. I think what, He's got a huge smile on his face. He's having a blast with this interview. By doing what you've just done, I find that I'm not even Jewish and I find that offensive. Why do you keep Why? He just said that? the word Jewish? I don't get I think he's just making a point that you can't even say the word Jewish without people being like, you're racist. Like Kanye West is just trying to point some things out that maybe you're, maybe he's right on, maybe he's wrong on, but is he really being racist by saying that well, lots well, of... He's going to address that coming he up He basically here. just said, the Jews raped my people. And I understand why that could be considered offensive. But I'm he not going to say mean, he didn't just say people are Jewish. He he's, doesn't mean physically raped. He, what he's trying to say is that this is what I g- have gathered from what I have seen. I haven't like extensively researched this because mm-hmm. I just think it's a little dumb. But basically what he's saying is that there are people that profit off of like black people's talents and then they're the ones making all the money, like all the record label people, and they're all Jewish. We do have Chuck on the line. He's in Washington. Uh, go ahead, Chuck. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, the, the two things that what, uh, that uh, Elon Musk and uh, uh, Gay have in common is that I'm probably going to have to look for ways to get compensated for talking about them on talk radio. But we're going to talk about Yay now. I keep wanting to say Kanye West. That's the incorrect name that he wants to go by. Mm-hmm. I think that we're looking at a. Um, we're, we're all getting scammed here. I think that we're looking at uh, kind of a thing that Joaquin Phoenix did back in 2006 or whatever when he went on David Letterman and he acted all weird and everything and he said he was quitting uh, acting and he, to go into rap music. And then he ended up making this movie called I'm Still Here which kind of did okay, I guess. But that's what we're doing. I think that's what we're looking at when we're looking at Kanye West here. He, he's, he is a Donald Trump. He, and uh, I agree with several points of what y'all were saying. Uh, 
when I listen to him too much, my head hurts, just like Donald Trump. I, I got to turn it off at some point. I agree. Seriously. I got to yeah. agree with everything you're saying. Like, I love Kanye's music. I like him a lot and want him to su- succeed and stuff like that. But when he went on Joe Rogan, I tried to listen to that while I was driving. I just had to turn it off because it was just like a bunch of... Yeah, you need an ice pack. Jumble. After, uh, yeah. Can you explain? Because so, I haven't but, heard him on Joe Rogan. Him, okay. him talking is like... I'm on one subject, then suddenly I'm on another subject, but it's hard to even tell that I went to a different subject because all I'm doing is using analogies the entire time. Mm. And that's why I'm just, I, and I also agree about what you said about like the Joaquin Phoenix thing. Uh, lots of celebrities do this where they just make a big, uh, like it, it's just kind of like the, he has nothing to lose. He's looking for more entertainment. Right. He's the richest black person in the world. Um, he's just looking for a new thing to do, or maybe it's in America. I don't know. Um, he, he's he's so rich and he has nothing to really entertain himself with the things that entertain him we probably couldn't even imagine because he's just bored of everything else that mm. you know i think that he's just always looking for a new way to do crazy things he's trolling i think trolling. Yeah, that's what yeah. i was going to suggest i think yeah. we're getting a pretty good sense for what does entertain him here and it's you know saying and doing stuff like that doing these interviews as you pointed out i haven't seen the video but as he's getting interviewed by pierce morgan he's having a good time mm-hmm. oh, he's yeah. enjoying he's himself got a big smile on his face this is what he's doing for fun let me go on here with uh, pierce morgan raped my people that just so happened to be jewish I think what, by doing what you've just done, I find that I'm not even Jewish and I find that offensive. Why do you keep having to do that? I don't think I you know. get it at all. I don't I think, you, un- I don't think you understand the offense you're causing when you keep using their religious I, I, background, their ethnicity as, so a, as you- a stick to and say you're going DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people, that is as racist as anything you say you've been through and any pain that you've experienced. It's the same thing. Racism is racism. And you know I that. Can't I can't handle the white dude schooling the black dude on racism well it's almost over <laughs> kanye has a response racism is racism and you know that i think don't you yeah obviously that's why i said it <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean kudos man I, I i appreciate self-awareness just comes right out yeah right so anyway, apparently, according to Pierce Morgan and another clip that he does apologize at some point during this interview, but I'm not sure under what the circumstances or how he he phrases it. But there it you sounds have like it would have been phrased very loosely. I mean, we heard him talk yeah. about contracts off off the air while we were listening further to the interview, and he under what context would he apologize was the framing of the question, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Look, if we had." This extremely unlikely set of circumstances followed by this never going to happen set of right. circumstances. And we did all of this publicly on the Internet live with the world's top lawyers. Then I would apologize. Yeah, he like, wanted okay. to audit, I think, record contracts. Wasn't that what he was saying? And he, football and yeah. NBA contracts. I, I don't. He didn't he say why. Never. Well, Piers Morgan wasn't letting him get to why. I think he wants people to know how these artists are getting screwed. I think he's trying to stand up for that, you know, the artist side of the creative publishing process where the record companies are, as you said, they're notorious for quote unquote abusive behavior towards these artists. They have something, at least in the past, right? Record companies aren't what they used to be, right? Because you can now publish, you can self publish on the internet in a way that was never possible 30, 30 years ago.
And this is the thing that that we've always been critical on this show of the racists. Like, and I was going to say, and that is what racism is, is when there are some bad guys that you're mad at in a certain race. So you're rude to, mean to, hateful towards the entire well, no, race. That's not what all racism is. That's what some people who sound racist are. But racism is a belief that a particular race is inferior. Yeah, so well, Kanye does not believe that. I don't think, because he apologized for being unclear. Kanye has a problem with, or Ye has a problem with, the people in power who he sees to be disproportionately Jewish in places like record labels or politics or whatever the, the issues are. That's and I mean, different are, from a racist who would say that all blanks are inferior. That's what I was saying. And those are demonstrable facts, right? I mean, that, that's just the reality of the that situation. They're over-represent- is that, that they are, are overrepresented. over-represented yeah. But that doesn't mean a whole lot to me, negative or positive. It's just, okay, I mean, Italians are overrepresented in the mob. I and, mean, what do you... Well, there's I think it mobs. means a lot to Kanye because he has been screwed over by record labels for so long. And it's been his theme, like his... Thing for several years, many years now, is that record labels are screwing people, and mm-hmm. he sees like entertainers that are really popular nowadays as disproportionately black. So he sees like the record labels screwing over his people. That's what his he's always talking about. It's only been recent that he has been saying, "Oh, and also, what are the, what's the majority of people in record labels and CEOs and stuff like that? Jews." I have a hard time accepting his, oh, the record labels are unfair to me, at, you know, after hearing you point out, I, I'm assuming accurately, that he's the richest black man in the world. Well, he had to fight for it. Like, he had to get his master's back, and it, it, that was like a years-long thing. Like Taylor Swift, mean, had, Taylor Swift had to redo all of hers. That, that's because that she mean, signed a bad contract. So did Yay. It's kind of why weird talking it, about why is it excusable for him, but not for her. It's kind of weird talking about Taylor a black Swift guy sucks. getting his masters back. I think just to clarify, you mean recordings, master oh, recordings. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that's yes. <laughs> I think he would say that the record labels were his masters in a lot of ways. But again, it is an agreement, right? Like you got into this agreement. Well, actually, Katy Perry is a great example. The thing about record, or, yeah, record labels is a lot of people are really good. They've got they have their own fans by their own right, you know, from the internet or whatever, and their music is awesome, and they don't get signed unless their first album that comes out is all slutty terrible. Like, Mm. they gotta get slutty, and I don't know why. Why is that? It's just seen over and over and over and over. Even Mm -hmm. Charlie XCX, like, she's always had a a lot of success in her own right, and like, recently with her newest album, it's just like, she's got to even be be more slutty. I don't know. There's lots of examples. Uh, didn't Lord not do this though? And wasn't that what? And Adele, isn't that what made them notable? Is that they weren't slutty? They were something different. Uh, it's hard for me to talk but about Adele because I don't like her. Aren't those the exceptions to the rule though? I don't know. That's I mean, as far as I, pop music. I don't is know. Concerned. Uh, pop music. I have no idea. Yeah. And Lord. She hasn't done as well as she really could have. Like, her first albums came out when she was a kid. If she would have been like, okay, yeah, I'll just do really slutty, she could be as big as other people. She's kind of, like, fallen away. But there's also Billie Eilish, uh, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. They're not overly slutty. I don't think Taylor Swift... She wears, like, gowns when she performs, right? She does that thing where she's being, like, slutty. <laughs> I've never It's just seen that it. she's not hot. That's what you're uh, picking <laughs> no, she, up on. She's, she's ugly and too skinny and... Um, terrible. I've never seen her do anything slutty in the way that, you know, Miley Cyrus did. Yep, Miley Cyrus is a great example, yeah. but she's well, actually there's different, hot. different levels of it. 
Uh, Dude, that is one messed up chick. And after hearing about Billy Ray Cyrus now dating a girl who's like a year younger than her, who he met, <laughs> he met really? this girl when she was a guest star on Hannah Montana. Montana? Oh. Yes. Wow. It's so screwed up. He's like, oh yeah, we were really friends and he's been so supportive of my career. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is getting more and more screwed up. Hannah, wow. Miley Cyrus, you story. poor girl. Man. Well, even like Kim Petras, she is so good and her music is so amazing. She's been at it for a long time. Like she's quote unquote old for a pop star. Like she's like 30 now. <laughs> And uh, she, hearing that. she just got re- uh, signed to a record label to Republic, and the first song that come or first album that comes out was not even what was promised, which is so weird. Like what was promised to the fans was going to be like a Euro pop uh, inspired album, and um, it was Euro pop inspired. But it, anyways, it was going to ha- um, involve the, a song. Wasn't it like the total pornographic album? The song that came out, the album that actually got released, is called. Can I can I say I don't it on know there? If you can say it on here. I don't know what S- the the album is. It's S L. Mm hmm. Pop. Okay. S L. Yeah, I think you can ex- say slut. Okay, That's, slut you pop. Can say that. And I mean, like, I hope so because I've called myself a slut yeah, a lot on yeah. the radio. As a musician yourself, Aria, uh, what do you think about there being no albums anymore? Does that mean music is going to be better? Because remember, in the you know back when albums came out, you would have the hits. There would be like maybe two or three hits on the album that would make it to the radio, and everybody knew them. And then there was the deep cuts, the stuff that the average person never ever heard. They might have been great, but they might have also sucked. Yeah. And so sometimes you'd have some real crappy tracks on an album. Now that there's not this obligation to fill 60 <laughs> minutes of musical content, is that going to result in songs being better on average, or is it going to be less content? What are your thoughts on that? Well, music is in a better place than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mark Edge was on the show a few years ago saying something to the effect of he doesn't even listen to music anymore because it's all the same and he'd rather listen to talk radio. And I was like, I'm an old man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've discovered so many more bands just in the last two years than I ever even knew existed. Because of the internet. Yes. And yeah. largely because of Spotify, because mm-hmm. it's got these features where it'll go, oh, you know, right now you're, you're, really digging Flyleaf and mm-hmm. in this moment and Butcher Baby, so Try let's this. throw this other band in there that's mm-hmm. very similar. I'm like, oh, who's this Elysian band? And then I check them out. Like, Man, they're great. Okay. Oh, they only existed from 2016 to 2017. They did one album and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's music I never would have heard otherwise. And it's all because of that. And If you somehow run out of stuff to listen to on Spotify, go to Bandcamp.com or Reverb mm-hmm. Nation or yep. SoundCloud or any of these other places and you can Find Endless. people like me who just yeah, yeah who don't want who we're not interested in making money off of right. it. We just occasionally write a song or occasionally put it on the internet or whatever. And it's there's more music out there. I could listen to a new song every mm-hmm. constantly for the rest of my life and never run out of music. And that's not the case so with you don't record mourn, companies. So you don't mourn the death of the album then at all. There can still be sorry. There can still be albums, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Pink Floyd's The Wall was probably one of the most cohesive albums ever written. I don't yeah. want to say it was one of the best because it certainly wasn't, but it would not have worked in the current model. Single tracks. Yes. Yeah. So you're talking about track for, for the young people out there that don't know what you're referring to. On a sh- uh, an album like that, one song rolls into the next. They're basically, even though there are quote unquote tracks, there's you know track one, two, three, four. The music doesn't ever stop. 
And we saw exactly how bands forcing themselves to write music, what the result of that was. Metallica is the best example ever with their albums Load and Reload, just tremendously dull albums with a few Mm -hmm. good songs on them, certainly, but... The the spark wasn't there. It was yeah. mostly crap. You just next through all but like three of the songs mm-hmm. on each album, and it's garbage. And Metallica's career never really recovered from it. They still do an amazing show, certainly, and I didn't even realize that until I saw them last year. But Metallica, the band, has been. Well, do you have you heard their newest album? Uh, Death Magnetic, I think, is their newest album. Is that the one that Co- our Captain played for us? I have no idea. Ian but, doesn't remember things. As soon as they happen, he forgets them immediately. So, I think Death Magnetic mind. was their most recent album, but prior to that, I believe it was Saint Anger, which just shows how bored and directionless they really were. But they managed to capture raw emotional energy in that album that I think gets really underestimated because it sounds so terrible. It sounds like they recorded it in a garage or in someone's basement. It sounds absolutely terrible, and it's mixed badly, and that was sort of the mm. point of the entire thing, and the songs are not well-written. It's bad, yes. but it captures an emotional intensity that you wouldn't expect from a band of Metallica's caliber to be to be able to capture. It's raw and energetic, and it's like, it's as visceral as Gigi Allen and old-school punk rock. The Metallica you know, mistakes were, I think, twofold. They cut their hair, number one, at the yeah. same time that they did the the load album, so it was like a major major error as far as this was the 1990s hair metal was you know still a thing not like 80s style but long hair heavy metal was still a, a thing and so that really turned a lot of their fans off the musical change that accompanied it it's it almost seemed Wait, like all of them just were like we're cutting our hair yeah they all cut their hair I think every single one of the uh, the members of the band I think the cut lead guitarist hair. kept his but I'm not sure maybe was maybe. The- point supposed to be like we're not like anyone else we don't want to be like everyone else or i don't know what they were trying to do but it uh it was a major failure for them musically and I... they turned off their bass and then of course was that. napster and then the napster that's what i was going to get to was that when they when file sharing was in its infancy metallica attacked their own fans for sharing their for sharing their favorite music and they that's one of the things they they had a really tough time recovering from you just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.